What is up, Fantasyland? If you've been drafting this past offseason in any of the FFPC, big money leagues, chasing that million dollars, chasing that big money. We're going into the playoff weeks, guys. We're done. Week 12 is over. Tonight, we dive deep into the data. Where are the win rates? Where are the super stacks? What are we going to do next year? Stay tuned, guys. Let's get to it. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the GOAT District for another monster show back-to-back this week. We're fresh off of our high-stakes roundtable last night with Glenn Lowy, Adam Krauswurst. Amazing show, deep dive. Uh, what, did, what did we not talk about, Dan, last night? We, we hit like all, kind, all kinds of topics. Yeah, I mean, it, it was all over the map, and we got it, we, we got it all. But we left some good stuff for uh, our guest tonight, so we're, get, we're gonna be hitting some some even better stuff. For sure, and if you haven't been checking out the, the roundtables, guys, this is our fourth one. These are invaluable information. The guests are monsters. Make sure you check them out, and tonight is no difference. We have this man on, we try to get him on this time of year after week 12. Regular season is over in the big money tournaments. So now we want a deep dive with this man. You know him as Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani, and funny enough, creator of the Pros versus Joes drafts on the FFPC, and a title holder himself in a few high-stakes leagues. Darren, welcome back to the district, brother. High-stakes bros in the house. This is this is how we do it. Yo, <laughs> Pros exactly versus Joes, you guys are in first place in your league. I saw I was checking out the leaderboard today. Yeah, so it's, uh, our, our our league is is kind of tightening up, but uh, we're we're grimly hanging on to first place. So, <laughs> yeah, you got a slim lead, but yep. uh, see if you can hang on. Yeah, exactly. You were one of the few teams to take Pacheco. That was like in the middle of July. Yeah, and that was late July, but yeah, not a lot of people even took him. So that could help you down the stretch. Yeah, that yeah, was we... uh, that was one of those that like a week or like even ten days later. All of a sudden, everybody was all over Pacheco. Yeah, and uh, you know we had just kind of he was he was on our list of uh, around twenty you know just basically scratch off lottery tickets, and uh, he was the one we settled on. Right, and Hassan Haskins, right? Isn't he uh, going to be a league, league winner for us too in that league? <laughs> on the stretch, <laughs> I mean, anything could happen. Playoff oh, performer, man. playoff yeah. performer, Hassan Haskins. That's right. You guys uh, got the dynasty mindset that helps you in uh, in those early <laughs> leagues. 
Well, yeah, we, we combined we combined like Voltron on that one. We had all four of us, I think, on that draft. Dan Dan gets invited, and we just ride the coattails, man. That's that's how we do it. Everybody hops on. Shout out! Shout out to the chat. Uh, you guys are awesome. You guys are always awesome. Last night was super lit. Get the questions in. We're gonna. We've got some questions. Obviously, some topics we want to hit with uh, Darren. Darren always brings his own topics. But if you guys have any questions, guys, make sure you lay them out in the chat. Smash a subscribe if you're new to the channel and uh, smash the like, help us out. And, Guys, and let, go ahead, Dan. Ooh, 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 I got to, I got to say it. Um, Darren, the, the show that you did with us earlier uh, this season where we were talking about uh, bids and how to bid and everything else, that was gold. Yeah, Just Dan's been gloating about this all season. I have been. Especially on Thursdays. <laughs> yep, these, these guys are getting tired of hearing me about me, uh, you know. Yeah, I won that. I won that bid twenty three to uh, twenty two, or thirty four to thirty three, or you know, one hundred and twelve to one hundred and eleven. You know, <laughs> using all those little tricks. So there's, there's definitely psychology to it. And uh, absolutely, I'm gonna look back to see when that was. You guys, if you haven't heard that episode, it's kind of like evergreen information, just based on bidding and and attacking the waiver wires twice a week in the FFPC and in the high stakes realms. Um, Let's let's jump into it tonight, Darren. I'll I'll let you start off where you want to start off. I know you sent us some awesome spreadsheets, some great information. Um, may, unless you want to go macro, why don't we start macro and then you start off where we want? Is there one big observation that kind of stands out this year? Maybe that's a little different than the previous years with what you've seen so far. I think um, the fortunes of most teams has has been basically on how you drafted. There hasn't been much you could have done in waivers. Um, if you didn't draft well, I mean, the success or failure of your team is, is pretty much coming from the draft. The, the Maybe the biggest waiver wire pickup was uh, a couple of weeks ago when Christian Watson, people finally picked him up and they, they spent some money on him. And he's like, he's paid off, you know, more than one week. There's been a couple of one week wonders, you know, that, that, that got you by. But that guy seems to have some uh, some staying power. And it's, it's amazing. He keeps doing it every week. Um, so... But other, yeah, it's just really like you had to you had to draft well. Um, so and then at the looking, it's so now that we're in like on the the precipice of the the championship rounds for the FFPC, I've been diving into the data, looking at the teams, and you can kind of see like what what the profiles, what the makeups are of the teams that succeeded, and it's really like in in prior years. Um, I didn't see much zero RB, but there are definitely a lot more zero RB teams um, up there. And it could also be a function of more people did it. That seems to gain steam, and every year you get more and more teams drafting zero RB. So that, that might have something to do with it. Um, but, again, it depends on the format, too. Like, And then when I was looking at, like, uh, the best ball leaderboards and the FFPC best ball tourney, if you go to the website, we've got the leaderboards there for all of the the best ball attorneys for FFPC. So you can go to the leaderboard and you can click on the, the names of the teams and then like go to the draft board. Like every team at the top of the best ball tourney, they, they got Travis Kelsey in the first round. It's, it's just like that just totally dominated the best ball landscape. Um, so, but those are kind of the two biggest things that I've, that I've kind of noticed it after the season's over, we really dive into things, but those are the things that really just stand out right now. Guys, you see the website in the in the little banner below fantasymojo.com. If you're if you're not subscribed to that uh, 
that site, it's a no brainer. Even if you don't play FFPC, which it, you know, shame on you and click on the link below, which I'll add after. Uh, but even if you don't, you, you get to see all the draft boards, you get to see all the ADP, all this information we're going to talk about tonight is available on there. So you get to see how the best players in the world are drafting and building rosters um, and what, what's winning these tournaments, right, Darren? Yeah, it's, it's important during draft season. and But even like during the season, like the waiver wire data that we have, if because you've got the hive mind of, of like the high stakes people, you know, running the waivers and then seeing like who they picked up, you can go, um, you know, to the ads for any given week. And I'm, I'm speaking to like, you know, more home league players or cow or the infamous Yahoo leagues where everybody's always available. Yeah. Um, but you can see like, what are the, what are the sleepers that the, the high stakes players are targeting? And even sometimes I'm surprised I'll wake up, you know, run the numbers. And then I'll see like, uh, you know, everybody picked up, but like Jermichael hasty, like just out of blue, but he's like at the top of the list. So if you're a casual player, that's somebody you should probably pick up in your home league because these are the smartest players on the planet, like going after these deep sleepers. So it's 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 not only helpful to the high stakes players, but really more casual players too. Theo, Theo is all over that guy. Uh, check out the OG Livewire man, his, the waiver wire show every week. He he dropped that that name a couple weeks ago, and if you listen, you already have him. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know it, the thing is with the uh, the high stakes leagues that uh, that we're playing in here. Uh, you know, we have a, a 20 man roster and uh, a lot of home leagues have 16, 17 man rosters, you know, and that's that's what makes those guys available in those leagues, you know. So even if you don't necessarily have room to to jam them onto your roster, you know, it's good to just kind of have a watch list, um, you know, sitting kind of by your computer or whatever and, and be continuously adding to it or, you know, taking guys off as, uh, you know, they they don't work out or whatever. But uh, that's, a, that's a great way to, you know, even buff just that last roster spotter too which is something that uh, all of us in the high stakes world are very very used to i mean you've got 20 roster, roster spots and you you can't let any single one of them go to waste so everybody loves talking zero rb right and, and you mentioned darren that you're seeing a lot more of these rosters advance could just this is a question from myself, not on the show sheet. We'll get into to the actual question. But do you think maybe it could be because I just looking at the community, I know ZRB is a very popular approach. The guys that put in big volume, could it be that this same people are putting in more rosters um, that have that approach? Or, do you, or is this based ex on actual individual players? Well, I think it's a combination of the two because it, it's not just, you know, a casual player doing zero RB, you got smart people that are like applying that strategy and you'll see even, you know, there, there are the, the, the zealots who that's all they'll do is zero RB. And there's <laughs> other ones. Andrew, do you know who they might be? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, and I, I don't even think Darren's talking about me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a full zealot. I'm not and talking then, about you. And then you got other guys who like, who mix it up and they'll, they'll intentionally do different, you know, draft strategies um and I, I think even like for instance even hubbard does that once in a while he'll do zero rb just because he's got so many teams not only is he diversifying his portfolio he's diversifying diversifying his draft strategies as well um so yeah. but i definitely it, when i run the numbers i'm definitely i i very confident i'm gonna see like there's gonna be 20 percent more zero rb teams that were drafted this year just because it's it's like a phenomenon that like everybody's sort of gravitating to. Now, whether or not they end up 
and I tweeted today, like the number one team in both the, uh, the main event, the football guys turning their, their zero RB teams um, currently in first place. Now they got to get through the sprint and actually take it down. Um, But I think you, you guys had somebody on in the NFFC last year who won. Yeah. uh, With with a zero RB. So, I mean, more people are picking up on it and like people are, potentially going to win with it so yeah yeah billy had uh, a, a zero rb squad so what's uh yeah, Cr- it, crystal crystal ball mo- mojo uh also not sure she's putting you on the spot so i'll vamp a little bit here you, you've got a great attitude when it comes to like you know interacting with everyone and i think you even hashtag high stakes broad um <laughs> when the podcast but so i think that you've actually got a good pulse on all of this the, what does your crystal ball say with how much zero RB we're going to see next year? Forget forget this year. What what about next year? Do you think that there's going to be more more than we already had this year? Once you, you run the final numbers, what what is that going to look like um, as we as we think about um, what what a uh, what the zeitgeist will be like uh, shortly here and when drafts kick off again in two months in January February? I mean, it, there'll probably be more of it, but yeah. how much more is going to because of recency bias and how people tend to draft based upon what worked the prior year. I mean, if a zero RB team wins this year, forget about it. It's it's just going to be zero RB. Like, it's going to be like all yellow, like the first five rounds, because everybody's going to be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, but uh, the Zebros, as we yeah. maybe call them. Yes. Oh, the T-shirt idea. Zebra. No, I got one. I just thought of one. You know, what's the what's the Calvin and Hobbs where he's like peeing? Yeah, you just do that on a draft board, and it's like the zero, <laughs> the zero RB approach. Yeah, don't so. be stealing my ideas out there, guys. We got right. our intern on it. Yeah, yeah but um, I mean, it's it's being heavily adopted anyway, just because that's sort of the uh, the religion that's that's gaining traction. Um, so, but yeah, there'll be more of it. But you you can't always just have group think. You got to do like you know, don't follow the crowd all the time. Just I I like to, I I don't. I don't have any biases against anybody in their draft strategy. There's people who like, they're going to come after you if you like, you know, say something <laughs> negative about it, but just, you know, well, that's what I say. You've got a great attitude about it. I think, I think that you're able to do a good job playing both sides of the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the zero RB joke um, when, when, when you need to. So credit, credit to you for, you know, having, yes. having a good sense of humor about the, uh, all, all the data that you're seeing. Right. Well, ultimately it comes down to drafting the best players, which is cliche, but like Cooper yeah. cup, like I, I drafted some nice like heavy wide receiver teams. Or it wasn't zero RB, but now I'm screwed because I went like out in Vegas. I drafted Cooper Cup first in one league, and now sure. that 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 team is hosed. But that could have worked out. Um, so maybe it's not the results of 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 how that team finished, but you know it could have played out that way. It's just there's a lot of guys. You know the old adage that wide receivers don't get hurt. Well, they're getting hurt. Cup got hurt. Chase got hurt. Um, you know, they're not, they're not invincible. Like, uh, some people advertise them to be, so they, they get hurt just as often as running backs now, it seems. So we'll see. Yeah. One of the, one of the things, uh, you know, I, I know that Andrew and I have, have discussed a little bit and I think JD has probably been in on some of that too. You know, Andrew and I are like, well, um, we didn't have the greatest results this year, but we learned, we also learned nothing. Um, you know, cause we, <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. I, I'm willing to talk about this. You go, Dan, but I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, there's there's a point where you have to say, I, I think my process was good, but, um, 
you know, in, injuries or whatever uh, can can grind out even the best teams. I mean, you know, just sometimes you you literally pick the wrong players, even though you, you kind of had the right idea. Uh, you know, so there's there's always a little bit of a, a give and take between, you know, do I have the right strategy and do I have the right players? Whereas, you know, you can also kind of stand that on its head and you could say, well, you know, if you pick the right players, you can win with any strategy. Um, you know, so I, I think the main thing that I'm, I've kind of taken away, I, I kind of took it away last year, but I don't think I did enough of it this year that I want to do more of next year is just, is be varying my strategies a little bit more to gain exposures to some players that I was just kind of like, you know, in a particular strategy, I might automatically pass on, um, you know, whether you want to, you know, like, for example, um, you know, I would, I would be generally passing on some of the receivers that were available in rounds nine through 12. Cause I was always going quarterback or tight end or, um, you know, wide receiver there, uh, or excuse me, running back there. And, um, you know, so I, I just wasn't getting some of those wide receivers and there, there were some good wide receivers available in that range that I would have liked to have had some exposure to, but, uh, why don't, why don't you piggyback on that, Andrew, whatever, whatever you have on top of there. Well, I, um, I want to learn lessons. And, and what's interesting is I actually thought I learned a ton of lessons from last year and spun those forward. You know, pre seeing the results being not as I would have wanted this year. I thought I took lessons from last year and really like art artfully moved them forward. Um, I think that I was more thoughtful about when to come off of the wide receivers, when to go after running backs. And I think that we, we, we touched it like Brees Hall, Swift, ETN. Give me another one. We were on Ken Walker, like the you know, Ramon. Elijah Moore. We, um, AJ Dillon, I think, well, and I think Rondale. Those, he was probably the, the worst. But like, I, I thought that like I had going into this year really kind of understood the pivot spots. And Dan, mm -hmm. I think it all came down to, Great, great process, bad players. So my question then is, and why, I've been, and you know, because I've been questioning myself is like, is is this the right lesson to learn? Is that there's no lessons to be learned? Like, am I am I just bad at picking players, or did I like not get the strategy right? And I've been wrestling with that because I I want to come away with the season that I you know didn't didn't do great at. I think I've got some good, some just fine pass throughs, some good sweeps, and some mains, but you know, not not the smash when we were texting each other. This team fucks. Um, after every single draft that we did in, <laughs> in Vegas. So, you know, I look at those drafts. We were only like, off by one letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, TTS instead of TTF. We got we to gotta get the t-shirt in turn. I uh, got to yeah. get some question marks here. But like, I, I want to learn a lesson from the season. So I guess like, maybe that's more of a, an existential question. Uh, going back to you, Dan, of just like the, I, I wonder if it's the, just hey hey yeah maybe you had good process if the season broke that way the problem was the season didn't break that way so i should have been more open to other strategies even even if like you know the the one path i opened myself up to was was sound it just didn't follow that path so anyways that, that's the kind of existential stuff i've been wrestling with here just trying to figure out what what's the right lessons for me to learn based on the draft boards that i loved um before seeing kind of how they ended up the people who seem to be most bitter yeah, are the ones who got caught up in something and then mm -hmm. have remorse, like, oh my god, I, you know, the the whole philosophy of of hard fading players. Yeah. Well, if you fade wrong, like yeah, I saw a did. list that had 
faded Nick Chubb and and Josh Jacobs. Like you gotta you don't. Then you see like on Twitter people like pointing fingers. Well, this analyst told me to do this. Like, dude, you, you like it's on you. You're the one who ultimately has to make. <laughs> you click the button. You yeah. click the button. I mean, you yell the name. Yeah. Have some accountability. You put your money down. Pick the players you like. Like it's it's good to like use that other information as input, but don't blindly follow somebody. Especially right. other thing is you got make sure you're like looking at a person's track record. Don't listen to the guy who has the loudest voice in the room. Listen to the people who have proven track records. And then if you do sort of heavily weight your decisions based upon somebody's advice, well, they say, well, you know, the guy's right eight times out of 10 or something. So, um, but you got to be your own person. I, I think Dan, I think Dan nailed it. I think you have to treat your roster builds the same way you do your player ownership. So if you're really big on zero RB, maybe that's a big percentage of your portfolio. But then you have to throw in some aggressive, you know, RB builds or whatever it is that you got to mix in there, like Dan said, in order to hit the different points. Because what happens is two years ago or last year, Dan, I had a lot of success in a lot of different leagues because I I did that. And I think that if you just pay attention to, okay, those teams, what did I, you know, what did I do in those teams? And, you know, for whatever reason, that year, the zero RB teams are the ones that do well, then you go into the next season and you, you're, you know, you're doing all zero RB or most of it. And then we're all feeding off each other, you know, pissing yellow, uh, you know, Andrew's giving us shit every time we want to draft an RB. So you, you kind of come into this season, right? And then, like you said, then we have less of the variety of those builds. I haven't looked like, I, I'm curious to see how my best balls end up like results wise at the end of the season. Um, but I think that, like you said, I think that's a big part of it is now I think we have to to treat our builds the same way we do our player ownership. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think a lot of it just kind of comes down to overconfidence and uh, being able to predict what's going to happen during the season. And regency bias. Yeah. You, you, you know, because we're... And, and this is one of the reasons why you don't see me throwing out a lot of draft boards in the, in the preseason, you know, across the summer, things like that. Because to me, there's a little bit too much of, um, you know, the the echo chamber going on. You know, you yeah. just, you, you keep hearing the same things from Twitter. And you can, you know, I can pretty much tell you after every draft whether Twitter's going to love it or hate it or, you know, what they're going to find wrong with it and everything else. And, you know, so I don't typically start doing that until, you know, we're kind of on the last drafts of the year. And then it's like, you know, hey, I'd, I'm at the point where I don't care what Twitter thinks anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm drafting what I'm drafting. Uh, you know, so those, those last three weeks or so I'll do it. But in the early part of the, the summer, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid it's going to, uh, you know, I, I, I might start listening to the feedback a little bit too much, if that makes sense. What do you, what do you think about that, uh, Darren? Um, maybe sometimes it's better to stay off social media. <laughs> actually isn't it isn't it schroeder that that they're, uh, one of the yeah. top top guns comes on here and he's like yeah i don't look at anything till like you know whatever he's july august i mean the yeah, guy dude. always amazes me like he's 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 a value drafter he doesn't really he seems like he's on there a little bit more but he doesn't he's not really paying attention to it as much so pros versus joe's is the perfect example that was his first draft of the year so he got like the six pick he came in there cold, and he just did value drafting, and he drafted 
I think he drafted he drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round. And then I'm I'm guilty because I'm down at the I think I was at the eleventh spot. And then I let Mark Andrews get back to him. So he just took Mark Andrews. And then he followed up with like Tyreek and all these guys. And now he's like he's first overall in the pros versus Joe's, just drafting Cole, just doing value, doing what he always does, not having listened to anybody. It wasn't influenced by any of the, you know, the the the, the speak all, all summer long. So there's sometimes, you know, but if you if you're kind of like in the fantasy space as a content creator, or whatever, you can't really sort of remove yourself from it either. But you can see what, and there's a lot of high stakes players. You go out to Vegas, like a lot of those guys, they don't even know what Twitter is, you know, and they're just, they, a lot of them are just as successful as everyone else. So I don't know. I think Dan, Dan you've said in the past that there's an inverse relationship to the to Twitter love and how well the team performs. If they hate yeah, it, the team much. will be great. If they love it, the team will be terrible. I, yeah, by it, the way, it, I love posting boards. So I'm the, I'm the opposite. Dan. I love posting boards because I'm like the Elmo on fire. I just like love love having the uh, the chaos round you know rain down and, and hope that I get roasted uh, beyond belief whenever I post one. Well, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm I'm all in. I I do it too. I'm I do I'm it too. In. But I, but I even for a while I even asked you guys because I was putting it out without the names and without even saying which one it was my team is just because I know people love looking at draft boards. You know, especially in the off season, we're all obsessed with draft boards. It's it's you know. The builds, the different builds, uh, especially the one-offs. You know, we all get you see three tight ends go off in the first five rounds. We're like, ooh, look at number eleven. You know, like he's there's there's the there's the rake. Uh, but you know, it's more for fun. It's not really like, hey, I just yeah. drafted the the greatest team. Yeah. Um, it does influence but, people though. I mean, they'll see that stuff and they'll be like, oh my god, that looks great. I want to do that too. And true, um, it's it's all it's it's just it's just how it, you know how it works. And that's, that's why Josh Jacobs was like a piece of garbage to everybody because it was like, Oh, he sucks. So nobody's drafting him. And and then if you look like his, his ADP actually got lower and lower. Like I tweeted today, like people were running away from him. Like the closer he got to the season, the less people wanted him. And then, yeah, he, he was kind of the Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, of this year um, in, in 2021, Leonard Fournette was that guy. Uh, James Conner was that guy. Yeah, you know that you could you could get like in the eighth ninth round, and uh, you know, Josh Jacobs was pretty close to that range in uh, in FFPC. Yeah, and then like the, the the you know the lesser the draft capital for a guy like that, the the higher the odds are that you, that he's going to win your leagues. Like with right. hardly having to do anything else because you're getting him so late. You know, you're right. Fournette was that guy last year, and it, it looks like um, Josh Jacobs at least his best ball. You know, because. God knows what could happen. Like he could get hurt. So looking at, so I, I tweeted 46% of the, the the teams and football guys who drafted Josh Jacobs, like they already clinched into the championship round. Now the, the, the downside of that is if he gets hurt or something, then you got that many teams that are like screwed and then they're going to be eliminated. So they didn't, they, nobody's won anything, but you got to yeah. get to the dance to like have a chance to begin with. So um, and he, he was the highest, he has the highest advance rate, I call it, um, yeah. of the players. And, and you got to get to the dance, obviously, Darren, too. But then I guess, you know, you mentioned the downside of him getting hurt. But then you know, there's also the, the potential downside. Now, look, you're in the dance. So that's good. Great. Even. Um, you're, you've got to differentiate in other ways, you know, t- too. So, you know, there, there, could, there could be pro, pros and cons. But obviously, getting to the dance is, is huge. I, I would say, and we you guys talked about it yesterday. I wasn't on the pod with the round table, but, but I would say that like 
go back to lessons learned and and process like that there was news that was progressively signs that are you know traditionally not good for the running back him playing full preseason games him having his fifth year option declined like the zamir white like again maybe that started the the downward trend not a big indicator in like april may but as the summer went on i think that there were reasonable indicators where if you were just going off of pure odds bets that would have told you okay his adp should be lower now yeah, there should be exposures to that. No doubt about that. I don't have to worry about that. But like, I just, I think that like that fade was reasonable. If you're doing one draft, two drafts, three drafts, you could easily understand like 0%, you know, Josh Jacobs, obviously. So I don't, I don't think it was necessarily like, again, bad process. Um, I just think it was, <laughs> if, if you were a full fade and you did, you know, hundred teams, I think that, you know, you're, you're definitely kicking yourself that you're not one of the 48 or 46% that are auto qualified. But you you have to know like where the tipping point is, and then that's why you have to be in touch with the ADP, yeah. where teams are, um, you know, because you know like it, it's 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 within the realm of possibility that he, you know, he was starting running back, and like yeah. it, it was a it was an outcome that he could absolutely from that. So like, where do you pull the trigger? Yeah. So like completely fading him is probably not the thing to do. It's like even though it felt uncomfortable. You probably should have just grabbed a few shares here and there, yeah. Um, just to kind of cover yourself, just in case. So, yeah, yeah. no, agreed, agreed. Guys, we've got uh, nine likes, and you got nineteen of you watching. So, you want us? We'll answer some questions as soon as the likes get over. Tw- <laughs> get us over twelve at least. Come on, guys, smash the like. Helps the show. <laughs> helps us out. We're bringing you all this goodness. Um, in the uh, the meantime, so. You know, let's let's get away from the zero RB real quick, just to, to end it off, Darren. Give us an idea before we get into your your spreadsheets. I really want to get into them, success wise, like success rates, zero RBs. What what is uh, some detail uh, that you might have for us? Uh, I only did. I took a look at just the top ten teams in that have have made it to the football guys in the main event, and there was actually three. Uh, three zero RB teams in each of those. So I didn't like scanned the field's not completely filled out yet because more teams are going to be added to the field based upon. So the way it works is right now you got two teams out of every league are already in the, in the championship round. So that's 16%. And traditionally that'll bump up to like 20% overall because you somebody who didn't finish first or second wins the league championship and then they'll get in there. So there could be more, in there and I'll, I'll do a deeper dive at, at, at that point. But I think it's going to be, um, you're going to, there's going to be a lot of more zero RB teams, but I think it's proportional to just more teams were doing that. You know, yeah, yeah. that used to be Sean's things like, Oh, well, you know, it's not winning because not that many people have done it. So it's kind of, he's kind of right. It's kind of proportional to the number of people implement implementing that strategy. So we'll see. Guys, if you're not part of this community already, smash subscribe just to, to show you guys how awesome uh, these guys are. We're at 15 likes, and that was, what, two minutes? So you guys are awesome. We appreciate you. Let's get to some questions, guys, really quick before we keep getting into or we get into the uh, spreadsheets. Ruckus wants to know half PPR Pickens or Burks this week. Do quick uh, around the, the, the table here, Darren. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like what, uh, what Burks has been doing. You know, he's trending – upward uh the the, the, i mean pickens there's a lot of mouths to feed there i just i don't think uh 
I don't have a high level of confidence. I kind of like Barks as, as more of the upside play there. The, uh, Andrew? Theo. Yeah, I sent, sent in the chat. I like I like I like Burks too. Um, hate to say more opportunity, but he's obviously on, on the field a ton. Um, effort plays are going to help him, like the one you know his, his first career NFL touchdown this past week. Um, I like what I see out of him. I think I heard you know, Theo say he's an auto fifteen point score uh, for the rest of the season, which I which I forgot to text Theo about uh, earlier today to say that was. Quite, quite, quite the number, but uh, I'm I'm in on Brooks this week over uh, over Pickens. Dan, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, I, I think Brooks just has a better ceiling. Uh, Pickens is getting more uh, targets every week, uh, but Brooks is really getting the quality targets. Give me the dog Pickens, eighty-five percent snap share versus fifty-five percent snap share last week. Uh, I'll take the Steeler, uh, especially with the long bombs. He's uh, producing nicely. Let's uh, let's start with the spreadsheets, and I'll uh, I'll pick out some uh, some questions from the chat. Keep them coming, guys. Darren, why don't you uh, take us into these stacks? We we love talking stats here. Hashtag always be stacking in the district. Why don't you uh, talk to us about the stats? I'll drop the uh, I'll get the uh, the spreadsheet up on the screen. Okay, so there's basically two areas of of data that I sort of dove into in the championship rounds. So there's player ownership. You know how how many teams um, is a given player across the the set the set of teams in the championship round, and then I dove into stacks to see what are the most common stacks because what we've seen like last year it was you know Burrow and uh, and Chase that was that was the stack that sort of put people over the top. So if you this this spreadsheet it's looking the right now there's twenty four hundred some odd teams um clinch the championship round the most common stack at the top is patrick mahomes and uh and travis kelsey so that's cool but what a lot of the high stakes players like to see is they like to have like you know a, maybe a lesser owned stack that can like maybe really take off so if you go down towards the bottom here one that kind of stood out to me was dak prescott and cd lamb and I think there's only right now 14 of those or 14 or 18. Keep going. Yeah. So, which is probably because. Looks, looks like, uh, well, there's, yeah, Dak and. That's Dak, Dak and, and Schultz. There it is. Oh, no, that's Gallup. Now go down. Dak, Dak and CD, 14. Oh, it's 14? Okay. Yep. There we go. Yeah, Dak and CD. So you've got, like, and a lot of these are the guys that were injured. You know, so Dak, there's there's not that many teams because um, Dak was out so long, and maybe a lot of those teams like didn't make it to the spring. But there are some that slid through, and Dallas has a really nice schedule, in mm-hmm. my opinion, in in, in the sprint. Um, so that that one's to pay off. Keenan Allen was hurt, like maybe him and Justin Herbert like go off. Um, that's really low owned too. Darren, I like those uh, ones with Kyler Murray. I think it's a little bit more, but like Kyler and Hollywood, I thought was interesting. I can't remember where I saw that one. That'd be, that'd it's it's one. Uh, it was one of the top ones. Oh, there uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fifty, 50 of those. Yeah. So that's kind of mid range. Yeah. Um, but if you go over to, and, and after the show's over, I, I put together the, the stack explorer for the um, for the championship round. So what you'll be able to do is basically this is just 
you know, common quarterback receiver stacks that are in there. You can actually go in and look for any combination of any player. So if you want to see who's got Jefferson, Tyreek, somebody else, you know, you can do that and see how many teams in the tournament have have those guys. Um, so head over to the site after the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that stuff available, and then the ownerships, the individual player ownerships, will be up too. So, but the, and then so yeah, you got like the Sean Watson is in here too, like some 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 of the lower owned stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who held on to him, hoping you know that he would pay off once they got to the uh, you know the sprint, they they could possibly be in good shape depending on on what he does. Um, Especially with Donovan People Jones kind of popping recently, and right, you would think that would progressively increase uh, with Watson coming in. Yep, and jo- and Joku also having a great season. Uh, Justin Fields, Darnell Moon, he's probably sunk. Um, but the, the, it's funny, I, I I drafted Justin Fields. So, those year. are all Dan's rosters. Those twenty one <laughs> rosters. <laughs> are are you the guy who keeps drafting Justin Fields? <laughs> Oh no, his would be I with have drafted a little bit of Justin Fields. Would yeah. have been with Komet, they did. Yeah, it would have been with Komet for sure. Yeah. Uh, though I had a quite, I, I had a decent amount of Mooney as well, but uh, yeah, yeah, we all it, did. Yeah, sometimes you know, you know one 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 thing I notice is especially with the the higher owned build, uh, you know, it's really concentrated around a few quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is telling you that you know, in in certain cases, I think the quarterbacks are almost dragging the stack up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Though obviously the the best the one the most owned ones are also have a really great receiver along with them, you know. But when you're when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore as uh, you know fifty five stacks, uh, you know we, we we know who is doing the heavy lifting there. Uh, right. Patrick Mahomes and, and MVS, you know fifty one. Right, but you don't know. You know, the thing is like you don't know which of these guys. Like you know, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and somebody like that. So who's that somebody right. going to be? Right. Um. And on Kansas City, like beyond Travis Kelsey, like it could really be anybody. So who knows? And, and Darren, the way I'm looking at this spreadsheet, could somebody have? Could this spreadsheet have duplicates in it? Like, could somebody have uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Sky Moore as an example? Well, I only went with the one player, but so then if you go over to the, the website when you look at that Stack Explorer, yeah. then you can put in all three of those guys yeah. and see how many they have. I only went too deep on these ones. Nice. No, that's, okay. no, that's great. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just meant like if, if somebody had those three, would they count in the Kelsey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would show up in both here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah, Justin no, I, I, Jefferson was real low too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah. 28. Which is, I thought was surprising. Uh, somebody in the chat mentioned Lamar Andrew Stack is going to be really interesting at 30. Yeah, that's pretty low. Um, yeah. See, they was dragging down the Jefferson numbers. You know what I mean? Like if if, if people were taking Justin Jefferson early in the draft, uh, you know, and saying, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack him with Kirk Cousins," you know, they may have passed up on better quarterbacks. You know, they may have passed up on Mahomes. They may have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, all those guys and. And then they end up with, you know, they're they're doing like Cousins and, uh, you know, who who knows else, you know, Cousins and Trevor Lawrence or Cousins and uh, Aaron Rodgers or something like that, and and it ends up not working out so well because they're they're predisposed to, you know, kind of try to make that stack, and so they're passing up on too many good quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. And and, and you could have had Kirk Cousins like a hundred percent of the time if you drafted Jefferson. It's just a matter of right. 
you know, did you wait? Like, he probably wasn't your first quarterback. Um, yeah, but he might have been for some of them, you know. Yeah, if you waited late enough. So yeah. depends on what your strategy was. But we'll see. I mean, this is this is getting, you know, the money round. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so do you have somewhere like um, I, I'd just be interested, you know, like just how many how many teams had Mahomes but not Kelsey and how many teams had Kelsey but not Mahomes type thing? You know, like which which one was more common, the Kelsey without Mahomes or Mahomes mm-hmm. without Kelsey? Uh, that would be a kind yeah, of that, that, look at it. Yeah, that that would be a consulting gig that I'd have to like dive into the data and like <laughs> All right, gotcha. do some ex- ex- some exception uh, handling on that and see what was up with that one. <laughs> Sometimes people ask me like, "Dude, like, can you tell me this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I could tell you, but it'd take me like three hours to run that." And like, I just you know, yeah, not worth it'd be it. cool to know too. But usually <clears> when <throat> I do things, it's like it has to have like mass appeal to like make it worth my while to like to do that stuff unless I had like a concierge service that I could do these uh, special requests, but don't always have that time. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's throw in a quick uh, question from the chat. I think this is interesting. Just, we talked about the bears. Do you, what do you think happens with Mooney uh, Dan, I'll go to you first, just cause I know this is a, an offense that you, you know, you, you believe would do all the, I, all of us, you know, we all believe, but I, I'm just, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on Claypool going to Chicago, but now with Mooney gone, do you think he maybe? Is, becomes more significant in this offense. What do you get last, like two, three receptions, I think, last game. So I think he'd get more involved, no? I'm guessing he'll probably get somewhat more involved. But, I mean, basically what it's kind of come down to in Chicago is that it's, uh, you know, Fields is the, the guy you've got to have. And really none of the receivers matter other than maybe Komet has been kind of mattering um, yeah. of late because the tight end position is so gross. Uh, you know, that if he can do anything at all, then you, you matter at tight end. Uh, but it's it's more about, you know, just the fact that, you know, there, there's just not that many good tight ends right this year. And, uh, you know, so a guy like Kelsey can matter a little bit, or Kelsey Komet can matter a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, just Justin Fields is one of those quarterbacks I wouldn't mind having naked, you know, as far as like... you. I don't necessarily need to stack him with anybody. As it turns out, I was thinking that Mooney, you know, going into the season, I thought Mooney or uh, Komet was probably going to be the right stacks. And, you know, if we, if I could do all three as kind of a low owned stack, you know, it, you know, have another stack, uh, you know, like maybe you can, you can stack uh, Mahomes and Juju and then come back with a Mahomes or yeah. with a Fields, Komet and uh, Mooney stack as well. You know, then you might have something going there, but uh it, it, as it turns out, the passing game in Chicago just doesn't matter. The the price was nice though, and and if yeah. if if Fields hit earlier, who knows, right? Maybe right. maybe those other pieces do evolve around him, and maybe we're at a different place now. Um, Darren, anything different in Chicago before we get into your other spreadsheet? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know what your team looks like. They're going to start Claypool. He got five targets last week. By by Mageddon coming next week, Darren. Yeah, I mean part two. Yeah, but he's one of them. He's right? one of them. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's true. That's right. They have fourteen. Oh, he's that's on the I totally forgot yeah. about it. Yeah, drop so all maybe, your bears. Maybe if you get him on some best ball teams, like you, you might just sort of fall into some success. But starting that guy like this time of year, you're oh. probably in trouble to begin with if you got to start him. All right let let's get into the individual players, uh, Darren. The, the second part of your spreadsheet that you, you sent us. Uh, give us your thoughts, observations uh, this year with the individual players. 
All right. So what did we have on that one? Uh, there it okay. is. Yeah. So it's, this is what I was talking about. This, these are just, this is where we had Josh Jacobs hitting 46. So the column at the, at the end is probably the one that's most interesting. That's the advance rate. This is telling you if I, if, if a person drafted this player, what percentage of those teams are in the sprint? So Josh Jacobs was the highest. So let's go to top five. These are, these are the guys that you should have drafted this year to have success. Josh Jacobs, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Justin Jefferson, and Dallas Goddard. Which I'm is, disgusted by the Goddard one, Darren. Yeah, number five. I was five. hoping there'd be less teams with Goddard in. Yeah, <laughs> the fifth, the fifth. And, he's, and this is like, I guess they already secured it, but he's not going to help you, Darren. But these are, they're, they're guaranteed spots in the sprint. So it doesn't matter. Goddard's going to come back in yeah. week 15. Mm-hmm. So they'll, yeah. you'll be in good shape. Um, it probably would have been higher um, if he hadn't gotten hurt. Is Travis Kelsey not here every year, Darren? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it looked like last year. But, yeah, I mean, just he, when's, when is he not? like it's, it's, like, so easy. It's like we should have just drafted Travis Kelsey. We said that every year. Now, <laughs> right. next year, we probably all draft Travis Kelsey. Like, he's in the top five. And then that'll probably be the year he, you know, it finally comes to fruition that, like, yeah. <laughs> he falls off the cliff. We've just been waiting for it to happen, but um, he could still fall off a cliff and still be tight end one, given the, mm-hmm. the, the gap that he is over the tight end two. Um, so, but then if you go to the bottom, now these these are the guys like you know that people are interested in. Like who who are who are the 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 studs, the perceived studs that are low on, low owned in the tournament. So Najee Harris is only five percent owned, oh, or no. I'm sorry, two two point five percent owned in the tournament and the, the second to the last column five percent is the advance rate but only 2.5 uh, percent of the teams have Najee harris and then deandre swift J- jonathan taylor so these are the guys who if they pop you've got an advantage over the field because very few teams have them you know these are basically the guys who disappointed but then if they explode in the sprint then you're sitting pretty because you're not competing against them. and we just saw we just saw ajd put up 20 some points. We just, you know, JT's coming back while yeah. there's dead and out, but. And Dylan's uh, always a guy who like, you know, pours it on at the end, you know, when, when it gets cold that they, they go to him and, you know, so that wouldn't surprise Jamar chase was hurt. DJ Moore stunk. And now, you know, he's got the uh, Darnold back. So maybe things are looking better for him. ETN is another one. So. Uh, looking injured now though. Uh, yeah. It looks like he might play. Um, he he had a limited practice today, so there there's at least some hope for him. Yeah, I can't get a hold of that situation. Like if if he like why it, it wasn't like they had the, the the game in hand when they they decided not to put him back in. Yeah, you know? that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, like if it was like the the late third quarter or something, then I could see that. But to to just say yeah, we don't need you when like you don't know what's going to happen in the game, that seems very very strange to me. What if um, what if running backs don't matter? No, <laughs> then I would have to buy the T-shirt that says "Running backs don't matter," and then like wear that, and then uh, you know, <laughs> Team Yellow will come after me. Yeah, you're you're not getting into the sizzler like that, Andrew. Nah, nah. <laughs> They're gonna gang up on you. They're not gonna let you sit down. It'll be like right. a, a, in the prison where like you're not you're not welcome at any table. You have to just uh, you know Stand sit by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, so all these, the, all this data, it's, I'm going to post it up with the website. Um, it'll be more interesting to people in a couple of weeks when like they're actually, you know, 
deep in it. Um, we, we got some work to do here over the next couple of weeks to, to get to the league playoffs. So, But we've got a glimpse into what's going to happen. Let's look at um, waiver wire. Darren, you, you talked about waiver wire and how, how this site can help. Let's, let's dive into it a bit. What, uh, what are some of the biggest wins on the wire this year? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't have like a top. One of them you talked about was Christian Watson, which I... Christian Watson was one that paid off late. And I, I think to me, it's more when, when I think waiver wire this year, I think it's, it's what is, what is a player's philosophy? Do you, are you the, the type of guy who spend it all early trying to like catch, you know, catch lightning in a bottle with somebody? And then you've got the other people, and I'm I'm more of the other the mindset where I'll I'll kind of like just save it till the end so that if I do make the playoffs, I get the hammer and I can control the waiver wire. But there really wasn't anybody in the first, you know, twelve weeks that was the you know the league winner that that you you like uh, you hope to see when you when you are a fab burner. Um, Watson was probably the closest one. Um, but that was later in the season. So a lot of guys probably got shut out because they had burned all their fab by the time, you know, that opportunity arose. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. It's yeah. and, and interestingly, I mean, Christian Watson was almost a hundred percent drafted, wasn't he? In um, you know, in the startup drafts, um, uh, wasn't he pretty much a hundred percent taken, at least in the main events, the last, you know, week or whatever um well he should have been drafted in all of them yeah that's what i was thinking because his his adp was like 14 round 14 or something like that right um i think well when did when did rogers sign his uh didn't he sign three years no or am i am i getting my years mixed up right now well he 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 did sign earlier this year but that didn't. I mean, that, I don't really think that had any effect. It was, on it was Do- it was really Dobbs steam. So I I don't know I don't know about 100 percent drafted because I know there was the Dobbs steam that happened. Well, it looks okay. So Watson uh, on the last last two days of the main event uh, looks like uh, the latest he went was 1810. Could have also been just people thinking uh, free agency or they'd well, sign was- someone. Watson was heavily dropped during the season, so I'm looking at yep. week seven that's, drops. 139 yeah. people dropped Christian Watson in football. Oh guys. wow! Yeah, and that's and that's kind of where I was going with that is is that sometimes, uh, you know, the 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 best ad you can make is the drop you don't make. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent, you know, like if you believe in the talent, uh, you know, it, it sometimes it hurts to hold through those you know those hammy injuries or whatever. And it feels like this guy's never going to contribute, but uh, you know when he does, man. If well, look at look at Rashad White, right? If you, you held know, on to him, he's paying off nicely right now. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, think think about the people who dropped Watson, and then somebody else scooped him up. Uh, you know, there's probably quite a few of those owners who are just sick about that because it's you know they're like, man, if I'd had Watson instead of that guy, I might have been in the playoffs instead of that guy. Well well Justin Fields is is the the poster child for that. Yeah, he, like everybody uh, yes. dumped him after he looked so terrible and now yeah um if he comes back and does what he was doing, you know, right before he got hurt, then uh that that could be the move, you know, to, to have 
gotten him. I, I, I dropped Rodgers to pick up Fields, and then I added Geno Smith to that team, and now I'm like in heaven with my quarterbacks. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Andrew. Yep. Just said that's awesome. Do Do you guys have any like, you know, kind of looking in the future, anyone in mind that you think might be might could still be a winner off the wire? Darren, do you have any guys that you see there that are maybe still out there? We 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 have to ask him in eight more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, like because of the way the way the waivers work, I think there were some like. So, okay, Odell Beckham, he's he's some guy you threw in there. He's out there. I don't know if he's available, though, because people may have dropped him. And I, I know I dropped right. him in a league. Yeah. Because is he going to – is he going to help you in the sprint? So, so let's say he gets signed this week. Is, is he going to – like, when's he going to contribute? I think for the team that signs him, it's more like a playoff deal for them. Not so much he's going to, you know – 17 week 17 18 he does something for you um we wouldn't even play in week 18 so that's that's why i dropped him like i i needed the roster spot and i didn't i didn't know that like he would help me in the fantasy uh you know right so we got to get him on a private jet to w- whatever his uh his team is <laughs> yeah so he can't, can't get escorted off by yeah, well, pj season for obj yeah. did we talk walker walker's another guy that that uh i'm sure guys got off the waivers no do you think he got At dropped and walker Kenny Walker? No. Yeah, he was dropped. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah man. Hashtag not in my league. <laughs> it's never in our leagues, Andrew. Never, That's yeah, how never. it's always other people's on Twitter's yeah. leagues, you know? Yeah. Well, I um and, and I don't know, uh Dan, if you're looking that up, but uh, the the Watson week seven kind of reminds me of the 2020, probably around the same time, week seven, week eight, Justin Jefferson and Higgins were dropped in a number of leagues, probably like same amount. Um, and it's just like, it, it, it is a double-edged sword because I think somebody in the chat brought up Jamison Williams, right? Is like, you know, at, at what point, right? And like, obviously the Christian Watson keep versus drop saved a lot of owners. But at what, you know, with these rookie wide receivers, it really is that like nut crunch time around week seven, eight, nine. You got to decide, are these guys people who are, are these guys going to be people who pop? Or are they just roster cloggers that are going to sit there the whole year? Now, maybe Jameson was a little more obvious as a potential drop in somebody's tournament. Maybe. Um, it certainly turned out that way. But he could have come back sooner. He could have been a, a bigger contributor sooner. I think there's room to run in that Lions offense. So it's, it is it is always an interesting case study with some of these rookie wide receivers as to what's the right time to, uh, to, to either decide to keep, you know, in clog, essentially for a whole season, or, uh, or a drop. Uh, but anyway, it just reminded me of Justin Jefferson Higgins who were definitely available in a number of leagues um, back a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and I, I do think some of that kind of comes down to, you know, it's kind of individual team specific. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I drafted Jamison in a few places and I only did it when I really felt like, you know, this team is coming together nicely. I feel like I might be able to, you know, hold a guy for, mm-hmm. you know, 10 weeks or so is, yeah. is yeah. kind of what I was thinking. Uh, it's, it's turned out to be longer than that. There are a couple of those teams where, you know, injuries started hitting and everything else. And I was like, I, you know, I got to make the playoffs. I can't, I can't right. sit there and hold on to this guy for when I make the playoffs if I don't make the playoffs. So, you know, I, I just got to drop him. There are other leagues. Uh, I got a couple of leagues that are going to advance. And, you know, 
I've still got him sitting on my bench. I've just never really needed that last bench spot. So yeah. I've left him there because I think, you know, he will make for a pretty, you know, a more unique um, team in the, you know, the final sprint. Any, any thoughts on that, Darren? It's it comes down to you know you need the spot like you can't just hold them forever like so there's, there's going to be tons of those guys like Jalen Warren's another one like we waited all year Najee never got hurt and then finally people probably dropped him and then <laughs> fair enough he's probably going to start this yeah. weekend yeah. <laughs> um so it's it's they just it's the recycle bin like at some point guys go in and then like somebody else is going to pick them up but uh. You know that that's where you say the process was right because I knew this guy was going to hit. But how how many handcuffs can you hold? You know. The, right. the, well, I was going to say I think you're you're holding. Let's face it, we got 20 guys in these most of these FFPC teams, so you, you can't have all your depth pieces the same type of player. So maybe you take a shot at one rookie, you know, at receiver that you hope will, that, you know, maybe he's not playing now, but he's going to kick in later, help you out. So you got to complement that with some pieces that can help you now during the bye weeks and that kind of thing. So you can't just have, you know, home run swings on your bench when you're so shallow. It's not like we're talking 25, 30 deep uh, rosters here. So I think that's also an important factor. Um, Darren, do you have a hard out at, at 10? I didn't even ask you before we came on. Uh well, I guess we'll find out. About we'll, make, we'll make it. We'll make it quick. I, I just. I really want to talk best ball because we we love okay. talking best ball here. Yeah. Uh, we've got ball in that we do in the off season. We draft all kinds of uh, live best balls. I I know we all degend into the best ball tournament. So maybe you know we can go through quickly. Uh, talk to us about the, the the best ball tournaments. What you know the win rates. What are you seeing right now with the data? Well, nobody's won. Um, yeah, because they're still going or on. The, the winning rates, I guess the. Yeah, but if I go to the the leaderboards, um, so I, I did notice like in the, the Superflex best ball, it, it was like a, a team that kind of faded the uh, the quarterbacks um, till later rounds. That was number one overall there. When I looked at uh, the normal best ball, like I said, um, that was that seems to be heavily skewed towards guys who took Travis Kelsey in the first round. Um, but I haven't really dove too close into those. Um, it, it's just interesting. Like I'd say to get people should go to the website. It's okay. not behind the paywall or anything. Just go to best ball tournament leaderboards and you can look at any of the, um, the leaderboards there. And I'm, I'm looking at one and I see like there's cocktails and dreams up there and there's a goats. So I don't know if that was you guys. Um, so, but it's interesting. That's stuff we got to kind of wait and see how, how it pans out. But right now it seems like it's yeah. heavily skewed towards Travis Kelsey teams are just sort of running away with, um, with the leagues at this point. So let's maybe wrap this up with this. We've looked at this data. We've talked about a lot of different data that Darren's brought to the table. Um, what are we, is there anything that stands out? And maybe we've already touched on it. I know we talked earlier kind of what we did last year versus this year, but is there one thing that stands out? Um, and maybe we start with you, Darren, that we can change going into 2023 based on what we discussed tonight. You know, I, again, I just say try and diversify. Um, it, it, everybody's different. Like, so if, if I'm if you're a guy who like does fading or if you like go overweight on certain players, well that's that's a lottery mentality. Maybe that'll work for you. You know, maybe like you totally crush it one year 
and you know, and then another three years, it doesn't work out so well, but then maybe like, you know, you win the overall by doing that. And maybe that's what those guys are thinking. So it's, it's tough for me to say, like, don't do that. I'm, I'm more like just diversified, take the value. And, um, you know, that seems to have worked out for me. Um, Darren or Darren. Don't blame anybody and, else for your mistakes. That's that's what that's the moral of the story. Yeah, I, I you know, like we're all grown men, man. We're all grown men playing <laughs> playing this obsessive game. So you gotta take responsibility for yourself, man. Dan, what are your what are your thoughts? Is there anything that stands out, something you're gonna do different? I know you talked about changing up the roster builds. Is that kind of the one thing or do you have something else? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. I mean, I you know, like I say, I think I made steps towards that this year and you know, I I want to push that a little bit further next year and be very intentional about about that uh, like this year i i probably didn't you know like check my exposures often enough during the season and i need to you know stay a little bit more on top of those just so i can kind of you know realize okay i need to you know where i need to change up what am i missing uh you know what players am i just really low on that i need to get more of you know because sometimes you know recency bias hits and you draft a a player, you know, two, three times uh, in a couple weeks and you feel like you got a lot of them and it turns out you really don't. So, uh, you know, just just kind of being a little bit more on top of that um, is is one thing that I want to do. But the other thing is just, you know, keeping an open mind. Um, you know, Darren posted a couple of uh, teams, you know, that we all kind of laughed at on Twitter this summer, you know, that were like uh, extremely heavy on, uh, you know, one of them was extremely heavy on running backs and uh tight ends you know i think there was what two two wide yeah. receivers on the entire team something like that yeah, that no. guy i called him the human anti-pattern he's like consistently <laughs> drafted two wide receivers and he's got seven of them in the sprint already it's just it was what out. goddard and alec pierce is that the two wide receivers it was epic two names uh, right it's, it's, it was always bad guys but his, his whole premise is i'm gonna just pick up wide receivers um during the season and I think he did 49 teams because I looked. I, I love this guy. Like, he doesn't give a shit what anybody says. He drafted 49 teams. Seven of them were already in the sprint. Maybe he gets in a few more um, through league playoffs. But you just, you know, he's got Better than expected. It's, it's Andrew's evil twin. Instead of staying at La Quinta, he's at the Holiday <laughs> Express. Yeah, it's exactly drafted, it. Drafting those 49 rosters. Andrew, anything to add? B- Bizarro uh, this Andrew data? is what it is. <laughs> Are, are you are you still pissing yellow next year, Andrew? Are you are you changing anything, Hunter Henry in the in the tenth, or what? What are we talking here? I I think I'm not going to change much until further notice. Okay. Uh, I loved a lot of my process, and maybe I get absolutely blasted again uh, next year. Uh, maybe what I need to do is uh is is cha- change some of the people I co-own with and make sure that they've got opposite philosophies of uh of of me because the day. Dan and I are, 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 you know, for as much as we, we, we have jokes, I think Dan and I are more aligned than not on some of the player strategies. So um, may, may, maybe what I need to do is actually get somebody who's going to force me to uh, to do different things other than my natural operating state. I, I think, Darren, what he's angling for is the name of that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you see that slide into my DMs? Henry thing, he, he helps nobody. I, Darren, can he you went off that? this weekend. What are you talking about? He went off with a one Finally. real touchdown and one called back touchdown. And he, Darren, where was he started? Can, can we get where he was started? Maybe we tweet that out later or something. Uh, he, he I'll, didn't help I'll, us I'll take that one up. Yeah. He didn't help anybody. I dropped him in a few leagues. Yeah. In, in many leagues, I dropped Hunter Henry. Now Hunter Henry. Up. I was. 
I wasn't I wasn't broken up about his performance on Thursday night at all. Yeah. yeah. I do have a hot tip for you. Oh yeah. Since pound the drafts during draftathon. Those leagues are soft as hell. I do Ooh, I, I, I like it. when I do my waivers, it's like the early leagues it's like I can't get anything in them. And then I do the the leagues, you know, the waivers for the leagues that were at Draftathon. Oh man, it's it's so like everything's what, what's draft what's Draftathon? Draftathon is like Labor Day weekend. The end it? of yeah, Labor Day weekend. Oh, Draft-a-thon. okay. Sorry. Sorry. I between totally. that's a good question. People don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah. like Labor Day weekend, FFPC basically does drafts like almost around the clock. That's right. And and they spike. They they're running like 70 drafts a day. And you get like every Jamoke is in there, and these teams. I mean, it's easy. It's so easy save save your rubles for save right. some rubles for for that weekend is, is right. what we're saying. Like you want to draft over the entire draft season, but if you're gonna like really go heavy, go heavy and draft a thon because that's when you know it, you'll yeah, have success. And, and that's a, a good tip. point to piggyback on that. You know, because the the other reason behind it, you know, not not only do you get all the Jamokes in there, uh, but all the high stakes bros. Have switched over to the main event. Yes, uh, you know, so they're they're all you know concentrated on getting their main event. Very events true. In. So hey, listen, you know, this is it, a go district secret. Don't tell anybody else this. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. This is for the listeners. <laughs> all right, guys, this has been a blast, Darren. We love having you on. Remind the people the site, your Twitter handle, any goodness you want to add to that before we close this out. All right. At Fantasy Mojo's Twitter handle, fantasymojo.com. Um, I'll have some of the stuff we talked about. I'll, I'll make it available right after this. The stack finder for the championship rounds. I'll update those as every week to because the players, the teams are ranked in there as well. So you can say, let me see AJ Brown, how many teams. But then it'll also show you where those teams are ranked. You know, so you'll see like, oh, they're they're all at the top. So that's helpful. The ownership. Um, but Draft season is is like really like the money time for that. We've got the ADP and the draft boards updated every day. There, there's no off season for me. I just every day I'm like keeping the site up and running. Um, so you know, don't forget about us. But anything FFPC, like if you if you're doing FFPC and you don't have a subscription, um, I don't know. You, you're, you're at you're a disadvantage. You're you're you already me. you're already behind the eight ball. You're already you're probably the rake. Uh, Harry Snowman. His name is Darren. It's in his profile, Darren Armand. Yeah, just just go hit my Twitter profile. I I, I, <laughs> I, I keep on the down low. Uh. Yeah, guys, it's a no-brainer. It's great info. We talked about a lot of it tonight. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you check out on YouTube. You'll see a lot of the 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 spreadsheets that we went through tonight. Uh, you get to see Dan's flow. Uh, Shelly, not necessarily at the La Quinta tonight, but uh, he's he's in the west wing of the castle. But uh, we appreciate him hanging out with us tonight with his appearance. Guys, anything to add, Dan or, or Andrew, before we close it out? Going into week 13, getting into the money weeks. All right. Good luck, everyone. Go Penn uh, State. Next. I hope they make the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I hope yeah. Rose, Rose Bowl pulls a fast one on everyone. Guys, next week we have two monsters. We have on Monday tailgate Pat Corain coming in, speaking of pissing yellow. And then we've got on Tuesday Brad Stadler. Uh, joining us, and we'll have Theo back. He's out there uh, crushing us on the waiver wires tonight. Get to those waiver wires, guy. Oh, it's over. It, the, the waiver wire is over. So you should have added David Bell. Yes, should have added David Bell, guys. Thanks for hanging us with it with us tonight. 
and uh, we'll check you all later. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. Nineteen twelve, we'll totally get Tommy back. All right, oh, yeah. guys, we'll check you later. That was a good one, man. Love.